Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Pure Hope with your host, Reverend Janice Hope Gorman. Hope is the name the angels gave Reverend Gorman. Help open planetary eyes. And that's what we hope to do on Pure Hope. Thank you for joining us. Hello, my friends, to the Pure Hope Show. This is a pre-recorded program that is taking place on May 6th, and we are so fortunate to have Mr. Gary Renard on our program today. As always, we are dedicated to bringing you speakers and teachers across the nation who are nationally and internationally known. Gary Menard is a best-selling author of some really great and inspiring books about the teachings of The Course in Miracles. His first best-selling book called The Disappearance of the Universe, which we had a very large book study here at the Hope Interfaith Center about five years ago. And it moved us in so many, many, many ways. To this day, the people who attended our book study still speak about this earth-moving book. Gary is also a bestseller author of the book called Your Immortal Reality. And he has written, uh, this is in a trilogy, the third book is Love Has Forgotten No One. He was born on the historic North Shore of Massachusetts, Gary became a very successful professional guitar player, but during the harmonic convergence of 1987, and personally I remember that oh so very well, as he heard a calling and began to take his life in a different direction. At the beginning of 19, the 1990s, he moved to Maine, where he underwent a very powerful spiritual awakening. As instructed by two masters that appeared to him, he slowly and carefully wrote his first book called The Disappearance of the Universe. It took a period of nine years, and in the fall of 2003, after much encouragement from other speakers and students, Gary began to present talks and workshops about the material he was receiving to the public. His speaking career took off rapidly, remarkably fast, and today he lectures nationally and internationally. He combines humor with radical, cutting-edge metaphysical information and experiential exercises. This acclaimed teacher of A Course in Miracles has been described as one of the most interesting and, personally, because I've read much of his material, I would also say that he's a very courageous spiritual speaker in this world today. During the last few years, Gary has been busy teaching and sometimes introducing A Course in Miracles to 26 countries, 44 states, with multiple visits to many of those countries and many of those states. He has done hundreds of radio shows and print interviews. He has appeared in seven documentary movies, recorded multiple podcasts, won the Infinity Foundation Spirit Award, has done over 30 videos on YouTube. He has also created CDs on meditations for spiritual couples and recently brought forth a musical CD as well. He has developed the largest Course in Miracles study group in the world. He is an enormously sought-after speaker for his advanced teachings on the Course in Miracles. So when he graciously accepted the invitation to speak to me and to speak on the Pure Hope Show, I was indeed a bit floored. But I am certainly glad that our illusions, our dreams have crossed paths to have him on our show today. So with much appreciation from my heart to his, it is indeed an honor and a pleasure to introduce to you Mr. Gary Renard. Hello, Gary. Hey, Hope. How are you doing today? Uh, I'm doing wonderfully, and and it's true that I felt I was floored because I think when I sent that email to um, to you, I knew how incredibly busy you are and your wife is and all the traveling, so it came with much delight that you agreed to do this, so I appreciate it uh, very, very much. 
Well, it's my pleasure, and uh, you got me on a good day because I'm right in between trips. Uh, we're actually into the time of the year, uh, Cindy and I, when we travel more and speak a lot. Uh, we don't do much in the winter. We write mostly in the winter, but, uh, you know, when March rolls around in April, we start traveling more to present workshops and, and speak more. So uh, this year I've already been to, uh, let me see, Mexico, and uh, I did a thing here in California, and there was a big Course in Miracles conference a couple of weeks ago in New York City. And uh, then we just got back from Toronto uh, to California, so I'm in California today, and uh, we get some time to catch up on things before we go to mainland China in, wow. uh, in uh, two weeks, which will be our first trip there. It's very exciting because uh, Course in Miracles is fairly new on the mainland. Uh, it's only been out for about four years. And my first book, The Disappearance of the Universe, has been out on the mainland for almost three years. And uh, it's fun to go to a place where the course is relatively new, where my books are pretty new, and meet all these people who are just uh, getting started or have been, only been doing the course uh, for a year or two. And and uh, it's very exciting to be on the mainland and to see this happening because my book was already uh, on part of China where, you know, you have Taiwan and Hong Kong. Uh, it's been out quite a while there, but uh, it's still pretty new on the mainland. So uh, I see a lot of spirituality opening up in Asia. We were in uh, Japan uh, last year, and we're also not only going to China this year, but also Korea. And, wow. uh, you know, I see a lot of uh, exciting things happening in Asia. So this is really becoming a worldwide uh, spiritual movement with the Course and with my books, and I'm very happy about it. Mm-hmm. Well, for the people who have, um, many people are familiar with the Course in Miracles, and, of course, they've become familiar with it perhaps through Marianne Williamson and more recently you. Could you explain to our guests and our audience who are listening that might not know anything about the Course in Miracles and where that came from and what that particularly is? Sure, I'll, I'll try to give a very short a version question. here because uh, usually, uh, usually it takes me five or six hours to introduce the course to people, and then we really get serious. But uh, <laughs> I, but uh, I will say this: Course in Miracles is a self-study course. First of all, uh, it's not a religion; it's not something you have to believe in. It's a personal thing, uh, as real spirituality is. I think I think it's a personal thing that's between you and the Holy Spirit, or you and God, or you and Jesus, or whatever you want to call it. But, uh, you know, it's not a religion, doesn't have a bunch of rules, you don't have to spread it if you don't want to, uh, you don't have to tell anybody that you're doing it if you don't want to. It, it's done at the level of the mind, and it's a discipline, it's a thought system. If you get into it, it's a lifelong uh, spiritual path, and nobody can decide whether or not you want to do it except for you. And what I do is I simply try to clarify the course to people so that uh, they can read it and understand it. If they understand it, they can apply it, which is the important thing, because it's in the application of the course's teachings and the workbook lessons and doing it every day, applying it to the everyday situations and events that you are presented with in your life. That's how you get the results that the course is directed toward. And the results of the course involve, first of all, uh, inner peace, which is very important. I didn't know how important it was at first. You know, at first, being someone who is really into or was really into getting things in the world, like most people are, and, and like uh, most New Age spiritualities are designed for, uh, you know, manifesting things and getting things and, you know, making things happen. Uh, that's what I wanted. You know, I wanted the world. And uh, Course in Miracles is more about achieving inner peace, undoing the fault you, which is the ego, and uh, attaining the experience of the real you, which is spirit. And, uh, you know, that's what the focus of the Course. And uh, the irony of that is that if you do that, you can find yourself being inspired uh, because, you know, the word inspired comes from the words in spirit. You can uh, actually find yourself being guided to be more effective uh, in the world, which the Course would call a dream. Uh, you know, the idea that the world is an illusion is a very old teaching. Uh, a Course of Miracles takes that idea and further refines it into the idea that this is a dream, 
that you will awaken from. And it's that awakening that is enlightenment. It's actually awakening from the dream, as opposed to being more awake in the dream, which is what most people go for because they think they're going to be more aware in the dream and that'll help them, you know, manifest things and all that. But actually what that does is it keeps you within the system of the dream. And what A Course in Miracles is about, it's not being more awake in the dream, it's about actually awakening from the dream. It's about awakening from the entire dream of time and space and experiencing what you really are and where you really are, which is a spirit that is not a partial you know, thing. Uh, when most people think of spirit, they think of an individual thing, like an individual soul. You know, So it's like, okay, I have a soul and uh, I die and this thing goes on after me, and this thing, well, it looks suspiciously like the body that I just left. And what that is, is that's an idea of individual identity. Even uh, after you die, it's still an idea of individual identity and personal existence, which is the domain of the ego, because it's based on separation. So you have the whole world of the ego that is based on separation. Then you have the world of the Holy Spirit, which is spirit, and this spirit is not based on separation. It has no uh, individual uh, identity. It has no borders or limits. It's something that is based on wholeness and oneness. So you could say the Holy Spirit uh, thinks in terms of oneness and recognizes you as what you really are and what you really are, which is exactly the same as the Holy Spirit and your Creator, God. So it would be based on the idea of perfect oneness. So right away you have two different worlds. You have uh, one world of the ego, which is based on separation, and you have the other world of spirit, which is based on wholeness and oneness, and which is your true identity, the real you. And uh, the real you is something that is not only perfect oneness, but it has all the attributes that go along with that. It has something that is immortal. What you really are is invulnerable. It's something that can't be touched by anything in the illusory world. It's uh, something that would be fearless because it cannot die and it cannot be hurt. Uh, it's perfect. And uh, the good news there is that you don't have to do anything about it. You're already perfect. You're already exactly the same as God created you. And you're having this dream. And this is a dream of separation and uh, is something that is cherished by the ego because what we don't know about the ego is that the ego likes this idea of separation. The ego wants to keep it going. And the way that it keeps it going is by making it real, by tricking you into believing in it. And uh, the power of belief is very strong, uh, perhaps more strong than people realize, especially the belief that exists in your own unconscious mind that you can't see. Because all we see is the tip of the iceberg. All we see is the conscious mind. But most of the mind is unconscious, it's dominated by the ego, and the ego is based on separation. And the only thing that you can really do about the ego is undo it. You know, as the Course in Miracles says, salvation is undoing. And uh, that's a very brilliant approach because if you could undo the false you, which is the ego, and get to the point where you have completely undone it, then eventually the real you would be all that's left. And as I said, you don't have to do anything about that. It's already perfect. So in order to experience uh, that perfection and experience your oneness with God, which is the great mystical experience that the masters of history have talked about, in order to have that experience, what you do is you undo the false you, which is the ego. And uh, the way that A Course in Miracles accomplishes that is through a certain kind of forgiveness. It's uh, different than the way that the world traditionally thinks about forgiveness, uh, if they think about it at all. Uh, it's usually the kind of forgiveness that makes everything real, keeps you believing in it, and keeps the world of separation intact in your unconscious mind. And what the Holy Spirit's kind of forgiveness does is it, is it undoes all that by teaching a kind of forgiveness and having you do a kind of forgiveness that does not make it real, that, on the contrary, uh, makes it unreal, withdraws your belief in the world of illusion and puts that belief where it belongs, which is in the world of God, which is why A Course in Miracles at one point says, be vigilant only for God and his kingdom. So what that really involves is a choice. 
You know, every day, all day, you are confronted with the world of illusion. And what you're asked to do by the Course is to forgive it in such a way that you acknowledge spirit instead of the body and acknowledge oneness and wholeness instead of separation. And it's possible to do that and still have a normal life because uh, Course of Miracles is done at the level of the mind. It's, it's about the way that you think. It's about the way that you look at things. It's kind of like you're watching a movie. And actually, this is very much like a movie because the Course says uh, you are reviewing mentally that which has already gone by. So it's like the movie has already been filmed. Uh, the script is written, as the Course of Miracles says. Uh, Shakespeare was right. The world is the stage, and each must play his part. So it's kind of like you're an actor in a movie, and you don't have to be so stuck in it that you think that that's really you and uh, that what's really happening is uh, something of substance. What it really is is illusion. It's it's all smoke and mirrors. And uh, there's a reality that is just beyond the veil, as uh, my teachers in my books would say. I'm, I'm not actually the teacher in my books. I'm the student, and my teachers are art and Persa. Uh, to ascended masters who appear to me and uh, teach me, uh, as my readers know, but some people who are listening uh, may not have read my books yet. And uh, they're the teachers, and uh, they explain A Course in Miracles, I think, in a way that nobody else ever has, because they take a, a very uh, formidable uh, presentation, which is 1,300 pages and a half a million words and three major books, plus supplements, uh, all presented in uh, iambic pentameter or Shakespeare uh, blank verse, you know, all this, all this uh, very impressive stuff. It quotes over 800 times from the King James Version of the Bible. Uh, it's not easy to understand, and uh, a lot of people have difficulty with it to the point where they will start reading the Course, they'll say, hey, what the hell is this? <laughs> and they'll <laughs> put, it on their, put it on their bookcase and you know, it'll sit there for 20 years in some cases. And, uh, it's, you know, it's, it's not easy. And, and what my teachers did, which is something that I never could have done, is they take A Course in Miracles, make it understandable, very clear, in such a way that people can get it. And if they can get it, then they can do it. Then they can apply it. You can't apply something if you don't understand it. So it is necessary to study the Course and to understand the Course, but perhaps the most necessary thing of all is to do it. Uh, mm -hmm. I said the Course is not a religion. It's not something that you have to believe in. It doesn't have a bunch of rules. But I do think that there is an unwritten rule to the Course, and I think the unwritten rule is you got to do it. <laughs> you know, and if you don't mm -hmm. do it, you're not going to get, you know, you're not going to get the results. If you don't practice the kind of forgiveness that the Course is teaching, which undoes the projection that you are looking at, then uh, you're not going to get the results. And certainly part of the, the knowledge of doing the Course is that what you are seeing is a projection. Uh, the American Indians, they used to say, you know, behold the great mystery. Well, A Course in Miracles says, behold the great projection. Hmm. Because that's all that this universe of time and space is. Uh, in reality, there is no universe of time and space. There is only a projection of a universe of time and space, just like in a movie theater. And what has happened here is that our attention has been diverted to the screen. You know, so uh, now we've kind of like been sucked into the story, and we're making the what's on screen real. Just like when I go into a movie theater, because I, I like to go to the movies, that's my hobby, and the lights go down, and my attention is diverted to the screen. And I'll forget that it's not real. You know, after a while, I'll get into the story, and I'll, I might even become emotional about the story. I may even talk to the screen. I might say, no, no, don't go there. You know, it's like, I'm into it. And I forget that there's nothing happening on the screen. That's just a trick. It's an illusion. Now, that's fine, but let's say that I wanted to you know, actually uh, have an impact on what's on the screen. Uh, well, that wouldn't do me uh, too much good if I uh, went up and fooled around with the screen because there's not really anything there. What you have to do if you want to have a real impact, you have to remember that there's this projector, and the projector is hidden in the back. You're not supposed to think about that. But if you really want to have an impact on what's on the screen, you would have to find that projector, and you would have to change what's in the projector. Hmm. Then you would be dealing with the cause 
instead of the effect. Correct. Which is why A Course in Miracles says, this is a course in cause and not effect. It says, uh, seek not to change the world, seek rather to change your mind about the world. And if you do that, then you're dealing with the cause, which is mind, and the effect, which is just a projection, will take care of itself. It's uh, not that you're not living your life in the dream. I, hopefully, you'll live a normal life. You know, One of the first things I tell people when they're doing this is look, don't forget how to be normal. <laughs> you know, yes. <laughs> uh, you know, have a normal life. Do normal things. You know, you meet somebody, you fall in love with somebody. You want to get married? Get married. Don't sit around thinking about it. You know, um, life is to be experienced. You know, so you experience your life. Uh, you'll notice the Course in Miracles is not about sacrifice. It's not about giving things up. It's it's not asking anybody to uh, not have their life and the things that they want. It's just saying, now you're going to look at it differently. You know, now you're going to interpret it with the Holy Spirit instead of the ego. You know, it's, it's still the same movie. It's just that now you're listening to the Holy Spirit. It's as if you're in that movie theater and you got the ego, you know, sitting on one side of you and you got the Holy Spirit sitting on the other side of you. Uh, whose interpretation of the movie are you going to listen to? And different interpretations give rise to totally different experiences. If you don't listen to the ego, which speaks about the reality of it all and how everybody's separate, uh, which immediately leads to negative feelings because you can't have scarcity when you have everything. And in perfect oneness, you have everything. Uh, so there's no such thing as scarcity. Uh, in perfect oneness, there's no such thing as death because uh, it's only when you have an opposite to life that you can have death. And in perfect oneness, there are no opposites. So uh, in heaven, which is God's kingdom, uh, there's no such thing as death. There's only life. There's no such thing as scarcity. There's only abundance. There's no such thing as evil because there is only good. And that's reality. And then you have a world of opposites, which uh, is given rise to because of the idea of separation. So let's say you have a split from perfect oneness. Well, you don't have perfect oneness anymore. Now you have two things. And as soon as that happens, and by the way, this only happens in a dream, and the dream isn't real. We always have to remember that, uh, to not make mm -hmm. it real. So this is a dream, and uh, it, this isn't really happening, but things do certainly appear to be happening. Uh, when you're in a dream, even if you're in a dream in bed at night, uh, things do appear to happen, and they seem to be real. I mean, I had a dream in bed last night that was so real. I, when I woke up, I was really surprised that it wasn't real. <laughs> you know, and that... And that's the way that this dream is, because when you wake up in the morning, all that you wake up to is a different form of dreaming. Uh, the Course says that all of your time is spent in dreaming. Uh, it says you are at home in God, dreaming of exile, but perfectly capable of awakening to reality. So uh, when it comes to heaven, we're still there. And the truth is, we never left. And uh, God is still perfect. God is still perfect love which gives us a perfect home to go home to. And then there's this projection, which was not made by God. Uh, and by the way, that's a good thing. I know some people don't like that idea at first. But it's actually a very good thing, because if God made this world and interacted with this world, then he'd be just as crazy as we are. Yes. And what the, you know, what the Course does, it says, no, no, uh, you're the one who is responsible for this projection, uh, which, by the way, you shouldn't feel bad about. You know, you shouldn't feel bad about the bad things that appear to happen in the world because they're not real. So at first you think, oh, look at this, uh, you know, projection that I've made. It has a lot of beauty in it, but it also has a lot of ugliness, which is duality. You have both good and bad. As I said, we're in the world of God. You have only good. And in this world of duality, you have, uh, you know, good and evil and a lot of terrible things uh, seem to happen. But those things are actually nothing, as it turns out. It's, you know, it's just a, a trick. It's just a, a dream. And uh, by, you know, putting your belief where it belongs, then you can stop being a victim. As the Course in Miracles says in one of its uh, great workbook lessons, I am not a victim of the world I see, which is good because there's no power in being a victim. But there's plenty of power in being at cause. There's plenty of power in realizing that the whole thing uh, came from you, because now you can practice a kind of forgiveness that does not make it real, that acknowledges 
that this is your projection and uh, realizes that the world is not being done to you. The world is actually being done by you. Uh, it's not coming at you, which puts you in a place where you have to, you know, kind of like react. It actually is being done by you, which means that you don't have to react to it, which means that it's your projection and everything in it is, and it can't hurt you. Uh, it can't affect you unless you give it the power to do so. So if anybody in this world has the power to hurt you, you know, if they have the power to make you feel bad, it's because you've given them that power. And you've given them that power with the power of your belief and the act of making it real. And that's what the ego wants because the ego likes this idea of separation, wants to keep it going, and the way that it keeps it going is by having you make it real through judgment. So uh, judgment makes the whole thing real. The ego loves judgment. The ego loves differences, and the ego loves separation. And the Holy Spirit has a totally different story about what's going on. The Holy Spirit is saying, look, what you're seeing is not true. It's a projection. At one point, the Course says, awareness of dreaming is the function of the miracle worker. Uh, after practicing this kind of forgiveness for a while, the world will change uh, in your experience. Uh, now maybe it can't affect you as much. When it comes to this kind of forgiveness, the Course says that it denies the ability of anything not of God to affect you. So now you're saying, look, this world can't hurt me. It can't affect me because what I believe in is God and his kingdom, and I can experience spirit, and I can experience what I really am and where I really are even while I appear to be here. Even while I appear to be in the world, I can experience my reality, which is spirit. And that comes gradually, very gradually, over a long period of time. It has to because we have to be prepared for a different life form. You know, it's like spirit is uh, not the same as being human. Uh, spirit is a higher life form than being human, and we have to be prepared for it. You know, it's kind of like a uh, you know caterpillar becoming a butterfly. You know, a caterpillar doesn't become a butterfly overnight. You know, it takes time. It has to go through this cocoon process. It has to undergo a metamorphosis. Uh, it doesn't just do it instantly. And that's kind of like what we're doing right now. As we practice the kind of forgiveness that the Holy Spirit is teaching us, we kind of like undergo this metamorphosis to a higher life form. We're prepared for it gradually so that when the time comes that we fully awaken and are enlightened, we'll be prepared for that God and his kingdom reality instead of the reality of the world. And ironically, you can still function in the world as you go along. In fact, you can function even better because now you can be open to the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit will inspire you as to how to live a uh, more happy life, a more peaceful life, uh, how to uh, serve other people if that's what you want to do. You certainly don't have to, but uh, usually you'll find that the kind of forgiveness that I'm talking about leads to love uh, automatically because that's what you are. You know, the Course uh, says, teach only love, for that is what you are. And as you forgive the ego and un undo the ego, then you start to experience more of what you really are, which is love. So it's just uh, natural for you to want to do loving things and to uh, extend that love into the world. Now, the world is an illusion, but that doesn't matter. It doesn't matter that you're extending love into a dream or into illusion because what matters is the love, because the love is real. You know, the love is true. And that's what matters. You know, it doesn't matter where it's going. It just matters that you be love. And eventually, uh, you can do that. You know, what if your life was love? What if you could just be love? You know, what if everything in uh, your life that you did was an extension of love? Uh, it's so simple. You know, now, according to the Course, people can only do one of two things. They're either uh, expressing love or they're calling out for love. If they're in their ego, then they're calling out for love. And uh, that makes it pretty simple for you because if people are uh, expressing love, well, all that you have to do is respond with love. You know, that's the proper response to someone who is uh, expressing love. 
And if uh, somebody's calling out for love, well, that's a little bit more complicated because people can call out for love in some pretty strange ways, you know, like shooting 20 people. And uh, when that happens, the proper response from you is still love, at least in your mind. If you're in a situation, like if you were at, uh, you know, Mall of America and somebody started shooting a gun at people, well, uh, this doesn't mean that you don't behave in a normal fashion. You know, if you're in a situation like an emergency situation, and if you've been working with the Holy Spirit, the Course of Miracles promises that wisdom will be given to you when you need it. Uh, you may not have uh, the time in an emergency to sit around thinking or asking for inspiration. But the Course says if you're in, in a miracle-minded way, which you would be if you're in the habit of working with the Holy Spirit and practicing forgiveness, then you will receive uh, inspiration that will just tell you what to do in such a way that you will know what to do. And if you're in a position to stop somebody from hurting people, then you'll do it. And if you're not in a position to stop that person, then it would be totally appropriate to run like hell. You know, so uh, whatever makes sense. You know, That's why I like to tell people right from the beginning, don't forget how to be normal. You know, mm-hmm. you do the normal thing. And uh, many times the Holy Spirit will guide you to just do the normal thing. And then once in a while, you'll be inspired to maybe make a couple of changes in your life. You know, the big questions that everybody has, uh, you know, should I change careers? How can I find the perfect career? Uh, Should I stay in a relationship with this person? Should I move? You know, these big questions that we have in our lives, which the Holy Spirit knows are not important, but which we think are very important, uh, we will be guided and we will be inspired as to what we should do while we appear to be here. So uh, this is not only a very practical course when it comes to that, but Mm -hmm. at the same time, uh, one of the reasons that I love the Course in Miracles and I love the way that my teachers teach is because the Course in Miracles is a happy form of spirituality. Uh, It's not a suffering, sacrificial, uh, morbid (laughs) kind of a a religion. It's uh, a happy form of spirituality. It talks about a happy dream. You know, it talks about being a happy learner. Uh, one of the ten characteristics of a teacher of God in the Course is joy. You know, this this isn't your parents' uh, religion. This is a, a whole new ball game, and it's a happy form of spirituality in which God is love, in which your brother uh, is either calling out for love or presenting you with forgiveness opportunities. And either way, it's a win-win for you because you can win either way by interpreting the dream with the Holy Spirit instead of the ego. And uh, the whole thing comes down to forgiveness, but once again, not the world's brand of forgiveness that makes the whole thing real. Uh, The way the Course puts it, it says forgiveness does not pardon sins and make them real. It sees there was no sin. And in that view, are all your sins forgiven? And the reason that that's true is because of the way that the unconscious mind works. Uh, Your unconscious mind, which you can't see, but which the Holy Spirit can see, because the Holy Spirit can see everything, and the Holy Spirit knows everything. The Holy Spirit can see everything that ever happened from the beginning of time to the end of time. There's uh, a great workbook lesson, number 169, where the Holy Spirit, uh, and by the way, when I say the Holy Spirit, in A Course in Miracles, Uh, The voice of the Course is clearly Jesus uh, speaking in the first person. But you also learn as you go along that Jesus was the name of a man who saw the face of God in all of his brothers and remembered God. You know, so uh, Jesus, as it turns out, everyone, you know, thinks of him as being the ultimate leader. But if you really look at it, he was the ultimate follower because he says that eventually he just listened to one voice. He only listened to the voice of the Holy Spirit. And that's the trick, is getting used to listening to the Holy Spirit and working with the Holy Spirit and choosing the Holy Spirit's forgiveness so much that it becomes second nature to you, that you just do it automatically. Uh, you know, it takes practice. It takes a lot of practice. Uh, I, I heard this great violin player say once that... Uh, you know, amateurs practice until they get it right. Uh, professionals practice until they can't get it wrong. 
Wow. You know, in, in other words, they practice so much that it just becomes part of them, and they will do it right automatically. And it's like they can't do it wrong because they just are practicing too much. That's the level of mastery that Jesus had when it came to forgiveness. And he could forgive people even when they were destroying his body uh, or seeming to destroy his body because he knew that that wasn't him and that what he really was could not be killed and what he really was could not be hurt. Uh, So he could forgive people even while they appeared to be destroying his body. And, uh, you know, let's face it, most of today's Christians can't even forgive people who have done nothing to them. Much much less uh, forgiving people who are destroying their bodies. So uh, there's a disconnect there. And there was a major disconnect between Jesus and the religion that was made up in his name. And uh, if you look at things in A Course of Miracles, like the section called The Message of the Crucifixion in the text, you know, pages 91 through 95 or so, uh, you can get what the message of the crucifixion really was. And it wasn't a message of suffering and sacrifice. It was a message of life and fearlessness. And uh, that's the state that we want to attain, where we can get to the point where we can be like Jesus. Now, that may seem, you know, pretty far out to people. Well, I'm going to be like Jesus. And yet he says right in the Course that, you know, believe with me and we will be equal as teachers. So he's saying that you can do what he did, that you can undo the ego through this kind of forgiveness and eventually experience uh, what he was experiencing. Maybe as you go along and start to realize that your spirit, instead of a body, maybe the body will start to feel lighter. You know, maybe it'll start to feel more like the figure in a dream than it really is instead of this thing that you you have to carry around all the time. Uh, Maybe it'll be more difficult to hurt it. You know, maybe it would become more elastic. Maybe you'll be in an accident and, uh, you know, you'll be hurt a little bit and you'll say, wow, that should hurt, but it doesn't. And that's when you start to realize that there are fundamental changes taking place in your unconscious mind as a result of you doing the kind of forgiveness that the Holy Spirit is guiding you to do. Now, uh, you can't see your unconscious mind and, and it's the Holy Spirit's job to heal the part of the mind that you can't see, and the Holy Spirit will do that. The Holy Spirit takes care of the big part of the job. Uh, You can't see your unconscious mind, but you don't have to, because all that you have to be able to see is what's right in front of your face, because what's right in front of your face is a symbolic representation of that which exists in your own unconscious mind. So you're kind of like seeing a symbolic picture of that which is in your mind. At one point, Uh, The Course says that what we are seeing is an outer picture of an inward condition. And by forgiving that outer picture, the Holy Spirit will literally change your mind, literally change the inward condition of the mind that you can't see, uh, remove this kind of like ontological, unconscious guilt that is there in the mind that can be traced all the way back to the original idea of separation uh, from God, which engendered a tremendous unconscious guilt. And the Holy Spirit heals that as you forgive. It removes the guilt, and eventually you'll have less and less guilt in your mind. And when the time comes that you've learned all of your forgiveness lessons, then you will not be able to suffer. And like Jesus, you will literally not be able to feel any physical pain. Uh, Course in Miracles says the guiltless mind cannot suffer. And because he had no guilt left in his mind, because he had completed all of his forgiveness lessons. Uh, Jesus literally could not feel any physical pain, which is why that whole idea of him suffering and sacrificing himself for our sins, you know, is probably the biggest myth in history. The truth is uh, he could not feel any pain. He was not suffering. He was not sacrificing himself. He was acting as an example for us. He was saying this is what you could be. You could get to the point where no matter what happens to you, uh, you cannot be hurt, and you cannot feel pain, and what you really are is exactly the same as your source, perfect oneness, exactly the same as God. Now, that may sound arrogant uh, to some people. You say, oh, well, I'm, I'm the same as God. That's practically the same as saying that you are God. But uh, that is not arrogance, according to the Course. According to the Course, real arrogance is to think that you could be separate from God. You know, to think that you could be different than God. 
that you could take on this individual identity and personal existence that is separate from your creator. And that's the arrogance of the ego, which is based on separation. So uh, sooner or later, no matter what you talk about, it's going to come back to a choice. And that choice is to judge with the ego or forgive with the Holy Spirit. And, uh, you know, it's totally voluntary. Nobody has to do it. Uh, You know, people are welcome to uh, keep coming back to the illusory world over and over again if that's what they want to do, because some people find this world very attractive. But at some point in the journey, people realize that there's got to be a better way and that it's time to go home. Now, nobody can make that decision for somebody else. That's why I say that at the end of the day, spirituality is a personal thing. You know, nobody can say for somebody else, oh, it's time to go home. It's time to go home to God. That's uh, a decision that only the individual can make. But if you make that decision, you'll turn to the Holy Spirit, and you'll start listening to the Holy Spirit instead of the ego, and you'll start valuing differently. Uh, you'll stop valuing the world. And but by the way, that doesn't mean you turn your back on the world. You still do things in the world. Uh, you may end up helping the world even more than you would have because, once again, you're open to inspiration. And inspired ideas are genius ideas. You can figure out ways uh, to actually do very helpful and productive and loving things. Uh, in the world while you're doing this, but it just happens naturally because you're thinking with spirit. You're thinking with the Holy Spirit. And uh, as you undo the ego, spirit comes to kind of like gradually take over your mind in a good way, in a voluntary way. It really is better to have your mind dominated by love than by fear. So it's it's a win-win situation. It's good for you. Uh, it's good for the world. Uh, you end up living a better life, an inspired life, uh, it can lead to all kinds of good things. Uh, I like to encourage people. You know, it's like uh, you never know what great thing could be just around the corner. You know, you can't see the future the way that the Holy Spirit can. Even psychics who, uh, you know, see the future, well, you know, they're right half the time and they're wrong half the time. Right. And, uh, you know, and uh, the Holy Spirit isn't wrong. You know, mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit uh, is always right. And... Uh, our task is to learn how to listen. You know, it's like it says in the Course, all are called, but few choose to listen. And you know, how much willingness do people have to listen? And uh, you got to have that willingness to say, well, you know, maybe I don't know everything. Maybe I'm not uh, the best boss in the world. By the way, if you're the boss at work, you don't have to tell anybody that you're not the boss. You don't have to, you don't have to tell anybody that it's the Holy Spirit who's the boss. Uh, that's why I say don't forget how to be normal. You can be the boss. You can have your job. You can do your job. Uh, but deep down inside, you know who the boss really is. And, and the boss is the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit is guiding you. And that's a good thing because it, it's like uh, you're getting really good advice now. You know, instead of getting the advice of the ego, which wants to keep you separate, wants to keep you deprived, which you will believe you are as long as you believe that you're a body, because a body can't have everything in the world. It's not possible. But uh, in a case of spirit, you can have everything, because that's perfect oneness, and you literally do have everything. You know, there's a, a tremendous feeling of scarcity in the world today. I've been all over the world, and... uh you know, I can tell you that, you know, people are coming from a real place of scarcity and even course students sometimes have to have it explained to them that the reason that they're feeling scarce is because they're not looking at the real problem. They think that the real problem is in the world and that they don't have enough of the world. And uh, that's not where the real problem is. Uh, course Miracle says that a sense of separation from God is the only lack you really need correct. You know, if you could correct that one lack, uh, the one problem, that sense of separation, then all the other senses of lack and separation would take care of themselves. Because now you're working on the real problem, which is a sense of separation from God. And if you could take care of that one real lack, you would never feel lack. You would always feel abundant. You know, you would always feel like you had enough that you were being taken care of. And, uh, you know, I speak these things from personal experience because, you know, I came from a condition of lack 
most of my life. That's how I was brought up. And that's certainly not a put down on my parents because I had, you know, two of the most wonderful uh, parents you could ever want to have, just beautiful people, very peaceful, very loving, uh, salt-of-the-earth kind of people. But they came from a place of scarcity. That's how they were brought up in the Great Depression. That's how I was brought up. You know, and the conversation around the dinner table would be, well, you know, food is so expensive and everything's so expensive and we don't have enough and we can't do what we want to do. And that was the way that I was brought up and it just seemed natural to have that kind of a conversation, you know, in my mind coming from a place of scarcity. And uh, then when I was ready, and I wasn't ready to approach A Course in Miracles until uh, I was about, oh, say, 42 years old or so. And I had been on a spiritual path for about 14 years before that, but I wasn't ready for the Course until then. And uh, you know, I, I remember doing the workbook of the Course in Miracles, which is uh, the most powerful thing that I know of. And uh, I actually noticed physical changes taking place uh, to my body, even though the Course doesn't concentrate on uh, the level of the physical. Certainly things happen as a result or an extension of the mind. And uh, I could tell that I was feeling differently. And I remember before I did the workbook, if I had like $5 in my pocket, it would be like, oh, I only have $5. You know, I can't do anything. Uh, You know, I don't have enough. And that would be the thought pattern. And after I did the workbook of the course, if I had $5 in my pocket, I'd be like, wow, you know, I have money. (laughs) (laughs) You know, what uh, what can I do with this? How much fun can I have with this? Well, you know, not much, but hey, I like uh, chocolate bars. You know, and and you start to think differently. It's like, look, I'm taken care of. I don't have to worry about it. I have money. And by the way, that's an entirely different conversation. Uh, On the one hand, you're saying, I don't have enough. And on the other hand, you're saying, I have money. You know, it's like a totally different conversation that sets up a totally different experience. And if you start coming from a place of abundance where you're thinking abundance, it makes you much more open to receive abundance. You know, so um, I noticed that, you know, checks would start to arrive in the mail or, or things would happen that flowed from the different thought patterns that I was having, which were based on abundance instead of scarcity, because now... I'm connected. You know, now I'm connected to God. I'm connected to the Holy Spirit, which is God's representative in this world, as the Course calls the Holy Spirit the voice for God. Uh, it's like now you're connected. And when you're connected, uh, you can get to the point where you never feel scarcity. Uh, even if you're broke, uh, you're, you're still coming from a place of abundance, and you're probably going to end up being abundant. Uh, and uh, I'm not saying that that's the goal of the course. It's not. But it's kind of like what you call uh, a happy after effect. It's kind of like uh, a fringe benefit, if you will. There are uh, places to look in the course, like the Song of Prayer, that talks about the echoes of God's love. Uh, it's like, uh, you know, you don't ask for the echo. You ask for the love. You, know, you ask for the real thing, to be one with God, and, and you approach God in your mind if you're meditating, and you become one with God in your mind. You become one with the light of the Holy Spirit, and you're in a, a place where you're totally taken care of, uh, totally provided for. And it kind of like conditions your mind to stay in that condition, you, even when uh, you get doing busy things in the world. You're still in a condition of spirit. And uh, by doing so, you start to be more in a condition of abundance. And uh, who knows what good thing could happen as a result of that. The Course teaches that uh, it's all already happened anyway, that the script is written, as I said earlier. But uh, there are different dimensions of time. There are different uh, possibilities that are open, even within a fixed system. Uh, One uh, example that I like to use, being the movie freak that I am, if you rent a DVD... Uh, sometimes you can watch an alternate ending to the DVD. You know, the, they'll give you a chance to actually watch a different ending. And uh, it's not that you're changing the script. You know, the script is still written because that alternate ending to the movie has already been filmed. You know, it's already there. So you're not really changing anything, but you can switch. Uh, the Course talks about all kinds of esoteric things when it comes to time. It talks about collapsing time. It says that the miracle, which is this uh, kind of forgiveness that is coming from a place of cause and not effect, uh, you know, it says that it can substitute for learning that may have taken thousands of years 
Uh, you can actually uh, leapfrog, leapfrog through time so that you don't have to experience the same things over and over again because you've already learned that lesson, so to speak. Mm-hmm. But the key with your forgiveness is not making it real. Uh, I've already said forgiveness does not pardon sins and make them real. I started to point out that your unconscious mind is where the real action is. Well, uh, your unconscious mind, just like uh, Carl Jung said, was a collective unconscious your unconscious mind knows everything. And one of the things that it knows is that there's really just one of us. You know, as uh, both the Hindus with their world of multiplicity and the Course would say, uh, there's one ego appearing as many. So there's really just one of us that thinks that it's here, and you're it. And your unconscious mind knows that. It would have to know everything by definition because that's where the uh, projection of the universe of time and space is coming from in the first place. That's where the you know, projector is hidden, so to speak. Just like in a movie theater, it's hidden. Well, the, this projector is hidden, too, that we're seeing the world with. And uh, it knows everything. It knows that there's really just one of us. Now, uh, that's good news and that's bad news. The bad news is that because your unconscious mind knows that there's really just one of us, it will interpret anything that you think about another person or about the world to really be about you. And uh, that's a pretty sobering thought when you think about it. Because it means that all the garbage that people have been thinking their whole lives about other people was really just going to them. And Mm. it determines how they feel. It determines how they feel about themselves what kind of experience of life they're going to have. I mean, you know, you wonder why people are depressed. Just look at the garbage they've been thinking about people their whole Mm -hmm. lives, not knowing that it was just going to them and that it would determine everything about themselves, including the way that they feel and ultimately even what they believe they are. And what A Course in Miracles does is it takes that and it turns the tables on the ego and determines that you are not a body, that you are actually spirit. And the way that you do that, and, you know, I don't have time to give the actual steps for forgiveness, but anybody, you know, can read my books or listen to my CDs. They can go to my website, which I hope you don't mind me saying is, uh, you know, GaryRenard.com. And uh, by doing that, you can get the steps for forgiveness and kind of like turn the tables on the ego, start to undo the ego, and the way that you do it is by changing the way that you think about other people, because the Course understands how the mind works, and there's a very important law of the mind that is articulated in the Course. Uh, Jesus says, as you see him, you will see yourself, and it must be pretty important, because then he says, never forget this. You know, in that person, you either find yourself or lose yourself. So when it comes to the world, your relationships, uh, other people, everything, even that uh, person that comes on the TV screen who you can't stand, what you need to do is get a hold of the power of your mind and think with the Holy Spirit. You know, when you switch to think with the Holy Spirit, that's what the Course calls the Holy Instant. And now you're listening to the right voice instead of the wrong voice. Now you're working with the right part of your mind instead of doing things with the wrong part of your mind. But it always comes back to that choice. It always comes back to forgiveness. And the final step in forgiveness is spiritual sight, where you kind of like think outside the box. You know, you think with the Holy Spirit. Yes, you see bodies, but now you're thinking of that person as a reality that is just beyond the veil. Uh, you're thinking of that person as being what they really are and what they really are as this perfect spirit, which is perfect oneness, totally innocent, uh, something that has never left God, that is still at home in God. And if you think of people uh, often enough and long enough that way, then that is how you will come to experience yourself. Uh, That is how Jesus got in touch with his own divinity, was by seeing it everywhere, by seeing it in others, but you can't make exceptions. It has to apply to everybody equally. You have to learn to overlook the body and think in terms of spirit, which is why the Course says everywhere the Holy Spirit looks, he sees himself. You know, the ego thinks in terms of differences. The Holy Spirit thinks in terms of oneness. And everybody is the same. You overlook uh, differences and think of everyone as being this perfect spirit, and because of the way that the mind works, and this is why the Course works, because it does know how the mind works, 
if you think of people that way, that is how you will come to experience yourself. And that's the way it works, and it does work. And if you do it, you couldn't screw it up if you tried. Uh, I know because I've tried. And, uh, you know, if you if you uh, always come back to the Holy Spirit, and if you have perseverance, which may be the most important quality when it comes to doing this, and if you're willing to realize, look, this is a lifelong spiritual path, but so what if it takes a while? I haven't got anything better to do. You know, what, what am what am I going to do? Uh, you know, conquer the world? There is no world. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's just it's a projection. And oh, well, big deal. Congratulations, you conquered a projection. Now you own a projection. And the minute that your body appears to stop and die, it's going to go away. And then what will you have? Where if you build your treasure in the right place, and once again, there's an irony because you can still have your life. You know, you can still have possessions and money and sex and and goals and and, uh, the things that you want. The only difference is, once again, you're looking at it with the Holy Spirit instead of the ego. You're practicing forgiveness. So it's kind of like you you just forgive as you go along. And uh, you're adding that one dimension to your life that makes all the difference. You know, seeing it with the Holy Spirit and forgiving with the Holy Spirit. And you can still have your life. But now, when your body appears to stop and die... And your mind keeps right on going, which it will. Now you've done something that has contributed to the healing, not only of your own mind, but to the healing of the mind that is projecting the world. So if you want to do something good in the world, well, practice forgiveness with the Holy Spirit, and you'll be doing something that not a lot of people have done in history, because even forgiveness, the way that the world thinks about it, doesn't work. And now you're doing something that can work because it's dealing with the cause and not the effect. And you're making a real contribution to the healing of the mind, which is a great thing. I mean, you know, they may not put you in the history books, but so what? I mean, you know, most of the people in the history books have been war makers, and uh, we are peacemakers. And you're doing something that's good, and you can still have your life. I mean, you talk about a win-win situation. Uh, You know, this is a good thing. And uh, I feel very fortunate to have been introduced to it. Uh, the story of uh, you know, how my teachers introduced me to the Course, who they were 2,000 years ago, uh, you know, St. Thomas and St. Thaddeus, uh, and how they're connected to Cindy and I, and how uh, Art and Persa, their names, and how they lived their final lifetime. And it turns out that all three of those uh, incarnations are uh, connected and how they're really the same beings showing up in in different bodies. Not that you're actually in a body, even that's an illusion. You're never really in a body, so even that's a trick. <laughs> but uh, you know, it's it's like uh, you start to realize that the ego is very clever. You know, the ego is a formidable uh, you know thing. At one point, the course says that the ego is ingenious. So don't underestimate. Uh, what the ego can do, and the ego's number one game plan is to convince you that you're a body, and it will come up with a thousand different ways to do that, because if you're a body, the whole ego thought system of separation is true, and if you're not a body, as the Course says many times, I'm not a body, I'm free, for I'm still as God created me. Uh, That's an entirely different story. And uh, if you're not a body, then you can start to realize that the ego thought system of separation is not true and start to take on an experience that is based on wholeness and oneness. And it really is better to be spirit than to be a body. And it really is more fun, just like it's more fun to be a butterfly than it is to be a caterpillar. You don't have to take one step at a time and, and have a constant obstacle course presented to you when you can experience what you really are, which really is better. So... Uh, this is a, a great way of spirituality. It's not the only way, and uh, it doesn't have to be the only way, but if it's for you, uh, then you'll know it. Hmm. Well, I just want to thank you. You just blow me away. <clears throat> blow me away. And so if our audience wants to see you at a seminar or workshop or what you're working on next, what is your um, uh, website again or where they can get that information? Yeah, if they uh, go to Gary Renard, G-A-R-Y-R-E-N-A-R-D.com, up in the upper left-hand part of the homepage, they'll see something that says Appearances. And if they click on that, they'll be able to see every place uh, that uh, I'm speaking this year, 
Uh, we already have some dates for next year, and they'll be able to tell uh, where we're coming. The contact information is always there. If it's not there, it will be soon. And uh, it's always updated. So, yeah, uh, they can find out everything. Uh, I'm working on a fourth book, probably out in a, uh, probably about a year and four months, I would guess. And, uh, you know, uh, Cindy and I uh, work together a lot. Uh, she does uh, counseling sessions where it says, uh, you know, counseling sessions, people could could go there. There's all kinds of different topics. Uh, and uh, I also have CDs there where it says order books and CDs. So uh, there are a lot of things, and uh, it's always changing. And uh, we are having a good time <laughs> doing what we're doing, uh, you know, meeting people who are of like mind from all over the world and some people who are not of like mind. And it's fun to, uh, you know, get into all the discussions that we do. We always do a lot of interaction with the uh, people who are there at the workshops. And, uh, you know, there are surprises. Sometimes we don't know what to expect. Who knows what's going to happen in China? But, you know, we'll see. And uh, if it goes good, well, we celebrate. And if something doesn't work out the way that we want it to, well, that's what forgiveness is for. And uh, at least you know what everything is for. If uh, you don't have to forgive, you should celebrate. And if you do have to forgive, well, that's your job. You know, the Course says that the sole responsibility of the miracle worker, and the miracle is forgiveness, is to accept the atonement for himself. The atonement is the goal at one minute. And uh, the Course says that the means of the atonement is forgiveness. So uh, the Course asks us several times, what is it for? Well, if something comes up that, uh, you know, doesn't meet your expectations or disappoint you or insult you or, or hurt you, at least you know what it's for. Uh, with life under the course, well, it's for forgiveness. And if you use it for what's it for, then you will make tremendous progress uh, in your spiritual lifetime. You, you can save countless lifetimes. You can even be enlightened in one lifetime. That is possible. And to undo the effects of thousands of lifetimes in just one lifetime, uh, that is a miracle. And yet uh, it is possible. But you have to want it. You know, uh, mm-hmm. you know whether or not you want it will determine if you're willing to do the work, if you're willing to do the forgiveness work. And uh, if you really want it, then you will do your homework. That's how you show that you want it. Uh, at one point, the Course says about the words, I want the peace of God. It says that to say these words is nothing, but to mean these words is everything. And the way that you show that you mean it is with your practice. And uh, you practice every day. You know, it's like... You know, if you want to be a great piano player, you wouldn't argue with anybody if they said, well, you know, if you want that, uh, you got to practice every day. Well, this is no different. Uh, you know, spirituality is a practice. Most people don't think of it that way. They just kind of wing it. But uh, the truth is you need a thought system. Uh, the mind has to be disciplined or else it will run wild like an animal. And you have to train it. And... Uh, that's why the Course says this is a course in mind training. I know that scares some people. It sounds like brainwashing to them. And what they should need to realize is that they've already been brainwashed. Yeah. So they've, already been, they've already been brainwashed by the ego. So this mm-hmm. is kind of like deprogramming. <laughs> you know, this mm-hmm. is, as the Course says, undoing the ego and leading you to spirit. So, uh, you know, it's uh, a good thing. And, you know, I just feel so grateful every day that I've I've been brought to this place where I can just do this. And, uh, you know, there's plenty of other things I could be doing. I'm, you know, I'm a musician, I'm a stock market trader, I'm, you know, all, all these different things that I could do, but why do something uh, like that when you have a chance to do something as great as this kind of spirituality? Uh, well, well, I thank you. I thank you personally for your courageous work and your teachings. The trilogy of the books of Disappearance of the Universe, Your Immortal Reality, and of course the third book within that trilogy, Love Has Forgotten No One, which I love that, um, The Answer to Life. I love that title. And of course, Mr. Renard is working on their fourth book. And so I would encourage all of you to go to his website to see where he's at. So I would also like to thank your beautiful wife for um, answering me right away when I sent off the email request to you. So I want to thank her personally as well. And um, you are in... 
very much a center of whirlwind opportunities and activities and teachings and speaking so many places. So I'm glad that we caught you um, between travels and that you said yes to the Pure Hope Show. So from my heart, once again, to yours, I thank you very, very much, Mr. Renard. So. Well, uh, thank you, Hope, and uh, I'm grateful for the work that you're doing, too. And maybe, uh, you know, sometime we can come to, uh, I haven't been to Min- uh, Minnesota in a while. It's been a few years, so maybe we can come do a workshop there, and uh, that would be great. Yes, that would be wonderful, because when I told everybody you'd be on, you know, we had that two-year study of that uh, disappearance of the universe, and everybody goes, oh, my God, Gary Renard's on, so... Um, I thank you. And, and if you ever come to Minnesota, yes, we would love to um, uh, host you here at the Hope Interfaith Center. <clears throat> so thank you, thank you, thank you. And thank you. I, I wanna, appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Thank you for my dear listeners for showing up to our program. I love dreaming you into my dream in the oneness consciousness. I am so thankful that our paths have crossed. I always ask my fellow listeners to please pass this program on to others using your Facebook or if you have a website uh, that you could link to our website to promote this information. This is the best way to get this information out to others as we co-create the dream. Or I love what Gary said, is just forgive it. Um, I love his way of explaining that forgiveness is seeing it as not really real. It's an illusion. So I... Um, want to once again let you all know that as my husband and I studied also these books, one of the reasons why we studied it is to have a bit of a, an accelerated spiritual path that would never have us come back again in that incarnation. And um, so I'm very thankful for his material. I am also wanting to invite you to join us next month for another amazing opportunity Um, to learn from a master. She is also internationally. We always have our shows the last Tuesday of every month at 7 p.m. Glorious Celsius is a president of the IM University. She will be calling uh, from Austria, um, her native country, to talk to us. So I'm very, very um, anxious to talk to her. She's also very dedicated to running and evolving uh, the IM University that... um, her teacher, and I've read almost all of his books, Dr. Joshua David Stone. And when he did his transition, he passed that over to Gloria. So please join me next month, and I appreciate all of you. Until we meet again, namaste, namaste, namaste. Thank you, Gary. I appreciate it very, very much. Uh, Thank you, Hope. We'll see you soon, I hope. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to Pure Hope by Rev. Janice Hope Gorman. And until next time, remember that true greatness consists in being great in the little things. Be kind. Be gentle. Be loving. Be true.